Welcome to Strange Familiars. Later on in tonight's show, I will be talking with John, who's got plenty of stories about UFOs, Bigfoot, orbs, tree structures, and more. But coming up first, I have a sort of breaking story. It literally just happened. Octavian was coming to my place to pick something up, and on the way here, he saw something. This is just a few miles away from my house. So Octavian literally just stopped by to pick something up. And you look shook. Yeah. Because, I mean, look right at me, dude. It, whatever it was, it, those eyes were big. Okay, so I'm here to pick up something up. Get off 83, exit 8, Glen Rock. Five minutes, really windy roads. Hex Hall is right there. I'm straight, and then there's like a turn up ahead. As I'm coming up to the turn, to my right, something very big and black is peering outside of the tree. Sees me coming, turns and walks into the woods. I just saw it. It start to walk. By the time I got to where it was, I didn't see anything. The same time I saw it, my employer called asking some questions. That isn't significant to anybody who hasn't listened to other episodes, but it has been uh, well, at least once before where you and I, Tim, have been out looking for weird stuff, and the second weird stuff starts happening, my employer starts calling me. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I know it was very tall, black, humanoid, I don't know. On, don't two, know. on two legs. Yes, yes, on two legs. Estimate height? Nine, ten feet. So huge. Yeah. Broad? Yes. Wow. And near Hex Hollow? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to get this recorded, but it was super fresh in Octavian's memory here. All right. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go look for this thing. Okay. So, this just happened tonight. I went right out there and followed Octavian. He had to go back to his place. But I followed him out. And he showed me where it was. He stopped and showed me where he saw this creature. Like right there. That's, I, that's the best way I can describe it to you. Is like You getting a better sense of how tall it was? Yeah. Yeah. How tall? The, 
its chest, like that that second branch up there. Yeah. It was like its nipples right right there. Like if it, I I didn't see any nipples, but like. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Because it must have been backed up because like I could see its eyes through the leaves, so I can't. I can't really give you much better than that. Yeah. It may have been here. It may have been. I don't. It was somewhere in next to this tree. Okay. And like standing, and then I saw it turn, and then I, I was off. It moved fast or slow? Uh, medium. Yeah, just normal. Kind yeah, of normal like speed. there was no urgency. Yeah. All right. All right. Damn! I wish I could stay. I've never even been up this road, and I'm about to go up here. You know what? What time is it? Can I get in the back? Yeah. From where he showed me on the tree, it was at least as tall as he said. This thing had to be massive. After this, he got in the car and we rode down the road that the creature crossed and looked around a bit. And I brought him back. We had a little bit more conversation in the car, which the engine was too loud and it didn't really come through in the recording. But one of the things I asked Octavian is, you know, he said it was black. How black was it? And he said, oh yeah, it was blacker than black. It stood out against the night. That's how I saw it. Where he saw the creature turn around and walk to, literally over a little hill, is Hex Hollow. I drove around a bunch. I looked a bunch. I didn't see anything. There was a possible call that sounded like a maybe a dog, but not quite like a dog, and that didn't come up in the recording either. So this just happened. Very exciting. I will be in Hexal tomorrow hiking and seeing what I can see because like I said this happened right there. I want to thank Octavian for giving us the scoop. I mean minutes after it happened. He was shook up. I could tell uh, whatever happened shook him up. So stay tuned. Maybe there will be more. Octavian can be found at Strange Dominions Podcast. That's strangedominionspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before I talk with John, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for helping us make Strange Familiars. If you like what we do and you want to help us continue to make Strange Familiars and get extra content, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All of our patrons get commercial-free versions of the weekly episodes, plus extra episodes every month. For more information, go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash strangefamiliars. You can also help the show by making a donation. In the show notes under every episode is a paypal.me link. If you click on that, 
You can make a one-time donation via PayPal. That helps a whole lot as well. And I want to thank Karen P. for making a PayPal donation. Thank you so much, Karen. That's a huge help. All right, now I'm going to get to my conversation with John. It turns out that we had read John's Bigfoot encounter on one of the listener story shows, but it's always more powerful, in my opinion, to hear it directly from the witness, and I get to ask some follow-up questions and so forth. But John also has stories of UFOs and orbs and tree structures and even a nighttime visitor. Let's go ahead and hear from John. I'd like to welcome John to Strange Familiars. How are you doing tonight? I'm fine, thanks. You, Tim. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So we have a few experiences to talk about. Sounds like a, quite a few. And we talked a little bit about where we wanted to start. And, you know, of course, you mentioned the magic Bigfoot. And you know, <laughs> I, I always I always like Bigfoot. So cool to start with that. Or do you want to start with something else? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, I prefer to refer to myself as an experiencer. And I know from listening to your show, there are lots of other people who have that title. Yeah. I think when I started the show and, and years ago, I think the general idea was that like, you know, oh, people don't tend to experience, you know, more than one thing. But uh, the longer I do this, it's like, nah, I think, I think it's way more common for people to experience multiple things as time goes on. Yeah. The first experience I have ever had I personally don't remember because I was so young. It was actually a story from my mother who has had a few of her own experiences. But my family used to rent a cabin. I live in Indiana, and we used to rent a cabin in southern Indiana, in Nashville, Indiana. And the people who live in this area will know that location well. And the town sits in a little valley, and we would rent a cabin up on the hill. That overlooked it. And according to her, we were there one autumn day. And I think she said it was probably in the evening. And there were lights above the town. And according to her, my entire family, I have two other siblings, my her and my father all stood on the back patio overlooking the town for quite a while, watching these lights of different colors drift about up in the sky and i have zero memory of this but she Mm. talked about it very fondly did it seem to be like just lights or did they seem to be attached to a craft or more like just orbs or that's about as much detail she'll go into with the story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but she's always very excited to talk about it but it's like yeah i was probably two not a clue. She said, I noticed it as a child. I interactively pointed at the lights, but I have no memory of it. Mm-hmm. But I like to talk, when I, when I talk about these things, I like to go in categories. So I do have one UFO memory that I I remember very clearly. And I use the term UFO in the most broad of terms, unidentified flying. I That thing is in the sky and I don't know what it is. But I was, I believe, fifth or sixth grade in central Indiana. Majority of my stories take place in central Indiana. I was at a friend's house, and we're backyard playing. And 
for some reason, my friend needed to go inside and I stayed out just to be a kid outside on a beautiful, clear summer day. And for some reason, I decided to look up in the clear sky, not a cloud up there. And I see this thing. And by thing, I mean little white square shape up in the sky. And I remember just standing there looking at this thing for a few minutes, not very long, before my friend came back out, noticed me looking up at the sky and looked up and goes, hey, what is that? And me going, I don't know. Hmm. What is that? And we probably stood that looking at this thing for minutes, being kids just going bouncing back and forth off each other, what we thought it was. And we referred to it as the ceiling tile because oh, wow. that's the closest we could comprehend what we were looking at was like a ceiling tile you would have at school. Sure. Yeah. Up in the sky. And I mean, it was pretty high up there. And I, I do not, and I don't criticize anyone and their beliefs. I don't believe in the whole domed earth theory that we're underneath the ceiling. But that's kind of what it looked like. Oh, it looked wow. like someone had put a ceiling tile up in the sky, you know, and we were accidentally seeing it. Was it stationary? Yes, never moved. And I don't recall seeing anything else in the sky at the time. And did you eventually just, as kids, just go about your day and... and oh, you know, yeah, just yeah. lost interest and yeah. went back to being kids, but... Like, just generally, it's really hard to estimate the size of things in the sky, I know, but just like if you held your arm up at arm's length, would your thumb have you know, covered it? Was it that small? Or? Yes. Mm -hmm. Very easily. It was pretty up there. Mm -hmm. Wow. But it had the, the color... And, you know, from that distance, you really can't see texture, but it felt like it had the texture, the bumpiness of a ceiling tile. Mm -hmm. But it was up there and it never moved. And then we uh, said, lost interest and went on. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if people are to like, you know, conversation, say, you ever seen a UFO? That's what I tell them. Sure. Because yeah. it's I mean a thing in the sky I don't know what it was. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, just, it's literally an object in the sky that's unidentified. I mean, the fact that it wasn't moving is not something man-made that was just taken up by wind is what I'm kind of getting at. Yes. Oh, yeah. Gone over that before in my head. Was it a balloon, plane, whatever? Like, no. This thing never moved. Wow. And I remember I was excited to bring that up to you just in the hopes that – because people – will respond after your episode yes. and say, oh, I've seen that before too. It's like, I would love someone to tell me, oh, it's this, because I haven't a clue what I saw as a kid. I just know yeah. I saw it. My friend saw it. Yeah, I mean, we might get people who have seen something similar. You know, They might not have any answers, but they might have seen something similar. So, yeah, that's my only UFO story besides my mother telling me about lights, but mm -hmm. I've never seen lights or anything I like to keep an open mind when it comes to the idea of UFOs and aliens, but that's all I've got and the idea of things up in the air. Yeah, I mean, it comes to a point is what could you say other than I've seen this? Yeah. And, and if I think if you're being honest, you, like you don't have any answers. I don't think very many people do. We have guesses. We have we have ideas, but uh, there's not much more you can say than, than you know, this is what I saw. Yeah, and the fact that I my friend saw it too, and he, I remember clearly him at saying, "What is that?" 
And mm-hmm. me being like, I haven't, I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like us saying it back and forth, but that's my uh, UFO story. And then I have a couple other things that are like one encounter type things. Mm-hmm. You have people talk about orbs, lights outside or whatever. Yeah. I try not to judge people when they talk about things they've encountered because I keep an open mind. But you get people who will show you like a video and there'll be a dust and they get excited. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you're excited. Mm-hmm. This is your only thing you've encountered. So cool. But when I think of orbs, I think like you've seen lights outside and little balls of light. I've only ever had one and it wasn't a little ball. It was a big ball. And I'll explain what I mean. When I was probably around the same age as when I saw the thing in the sky, my parents had their family room had a lofted ceiling. So it was probably a story and a half tall. And I would have friends spend the night and they would come with me into the family room because at nighttime, they had a bank of windows on one side that when the light shone from outside, inside, at just the right angle, it would cast a shadow on the far wall that looked like a person, right? Mm -hmm. And as kids... We would go up there at like midnight, one in the morning to look at the shadow because we were convinced it was a ghost. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those nights, my friends and I are standing there, you know, daring each other to go across the family room, which was a, I don't know, 10, 15 foot square room. And we'd stand on one side of the entry and look at the shadow. And we were fifth, sixth grade, too scared to go in, just stand there and look at it. Right. That's what we were doing. And out of nowhere, the room lit up with a bright green light because up in the lofted part of that room, a transparent orb the size of a basketball came, just burst into existence from one end of the room and flew across the span of the lofted ceiling to the other side where the windows were. And when it hit the windows, just out of existence. Wow. So I would say 15 feet. You probably had five seconds where we saw this thing shoot across the room. Oh, wow. And I can remember it clearly. It was transparent, almost like it was glass with a light emitting from it. Just sail across the room and then hit that glass and was gone and the light was gone and it didn't go beyond and I'll talk to people about that, too. You'd be like, I saw this weird thing in my parents' room and, you know, family room. And people will try and guess it. And, you know, they'll say ball lightning or what's that green lights people, sailors will see out in the ocean sometimes. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I've heard those, but I don't know what it was. I call that my orb story. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I wouldn't think it would be. um like northern lights or anything inside no it's uh the transparent part is neat so it, it was self-illuminating or did it i mean I, I know it's a long time ago but do you remember it like casting shadows was it that bright hmm i never actually thought about that yeah i mean it, it might not have registered as anything but because they're self-illuminating it took me a long time before i realized like these are they're not lighting up like the ones i'm seeing at site seven for instance they're not usually, every now and then we'll get one that'll light up stuff around it, but 
Most of the time, they're self-illuminating. They're not lighting anything up but themselves. It's a light, but you're not seeing reflections on leaves or trees or anything else. So, again, it was a long time ago for you. And as a kid, this not the kind of detail you're probably taking note of. Oh, no, I'm not expecting either. Just suddenly this thing's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you and your friends have a, was that like a like a scream and run out of the room moment? Oh, yes. The moment I was gone, we panicked and ran. Mm-hmm. I want to say that it wasn't like there was an LED light inside it, but there was definitely light that came with it. Mm-hmm. And it was a green, like almost like a lime green. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty big one, too. That's cool. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Yeah, I think maybe some of the ones we're seeing are are bigger, but uh, as I've said before, some of them are are definitely closer than we thought, so they're not not very big. But, yeah, I'd like to see see one nice basketball size or beach ball size. I've heard some people talk about them. Yeah, it was just, it was crazy, and the fact that it hit the window, and I can remember just seeing that and just being gone. Mm -hmm. No sound or anything associated with it? Oh, no. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a uh, light and the visual and then, but I mean, there must've been three of us that night. Never saw it again? No. That house had some minor weird activity. We had a kitchen TV that I liked to randomly turn on middle of the night. We, people guessed maybe it was a timer, but it would be different times of the night. Mm-hmm. And then I remember from that same room in the entryway, you could look through that to the kitchen or down the hallway to the front door, both of you could look down at the same time. At the end of either of those, where it was the doorway to the dining room and the doorway to the living room. And if you looked down either of those during the day, sometimes you would catch the faintest glimpse of what looked like someone leaving your view of the doorway, mm-hmm. like the back of them. I remember that happened a lot of times in that house. Huh. Yeah, I think that's that's a common way people pick up on things a lot. Yeah, yeah, just weird little things. It wasn't majorly active home, and there was never anything scary in the home. Mm-hmm. But the orb was definitely the big, what in the world was that moment? Yeah, yeah. I would like to see it, maybe not in my house, but I would like to see it. <laughs> yeah, nothing outside with that one. Can't say we've ever seen lights outside. I think that'd be kind of cool and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's anything outside is somewhat removed. It's not at home. I can I can leave. I can get in my car and drive home. So I'm I'm cool with anything outside. Yeah. So yeah. So that, that's the orb. And then you wanted to hear Bigfoot. Yes. Was kind of the next thing I was going to go to. I, I had it all in my head. I want to do this story. I want to do this story. But I know Tim wants to hear this. And this Bigfoot story, I've only told a couple of people. I get a little leery about talking about that you know, fear of ridicule, being told you're crazy, that kind of thing. Sure. But I actually wrote into you for you for one of your uh, mini story shows. Okay. So you've actually read this. I believe your wife actually read this one on your uh, one of your shows. Okay. Well, that's awesome. But I, I also like to hear it in people's own voice too. Yes. Yes. But I, I've told a few people about this one. And this also took place in central, north central Indiana, Indianapolis region. And <laughs> I laugh about it because where it happened makes no sense when you think of Bigfoot. Okay. Now well, you think, I could, I've yeah, had similar places. Sure. Yeah. You, you think Bigfoot, you think out in the woods. And I understand that they live all over the country. I got enough of that. That's not just the 
Northwest. So I believe why I understand why people would think it's there. I've been there big wooded areas to hide, but yeah. So my job and a lot of my encounters happen while I'm working involve me to go all over Indiana, including out of state, Kentucky, Ohio, Illinois, mostly Indiana. But this one had me in, like I said, just north of Indianapolis area. And I was meeting a, a co-worker of mine, actually. He had a customer and they were getting ready to do a job. This area that I was at was mostly forest, but becoming commercialized. And they were at a office building that was kind of by itself. And they needed me to meet him there because I had some material he wanted. And so I, this is a Friday afternoon. It's actually the last thing I have to do before I'm done for the day, done for the weekend, right? And I've never been to this spot before, driven past it, but I've never been to this building, to this location. But he asked me to meet him on the back end of the building where the loading dock is. And that him and his uh, contact, his customer, would meet me there. And it's probably four or five in the afternoon and I'm sitting there in my vehicle waiting for him by the loading dock. And there's everyone else is either leaving or have left the building at this time. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm by myself back there. Not a big deal. I'm just sitting in my car, just on my phone waiting when I get a message that, Oh, they're not going to be there for a while longer. Just, it's not a lot of stuff. No one's going to be back there. Just leave the product on the trunk, you know, on the uh, loading dock and go. We'll get it later. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. And to give an idea of this location, I'm facing my vehicle like towards the loading dock. And that's to the east of me. And so the east and north of me is office building. Beyond that, there's east of me is the highway. North of me, there's a couple other commercial buildings but to the west and south is woods for i don't know maybe a mile at least wooded area there's a couple of homes sprinkled in back there i think it was a farm way out to the west but mostly not commercialized yet right just empty woods Mm -hmm. and i hadn't had a problem the whole 15 20 minutes i've been sitting there i get out of the car and i stand up and the moment i stood I felt it. Just this knee jerk head snaps up. I know there's something there, right? There, I am just instantly overcome with a sense of fear and anger. And my first thinking is there's a person nearby, mm-hmm. right? My brain, the subconscious has picked up danger. Right. So I instantly look at the loading dock. Nope. No one there. I look around the parking area that goes around the side of the building. No one there. So I turn and I scan the grassy area between where my car is, because my car is backed up on the edge of the pavement. There's 80 yards of grass and then the woods. I'm thinking, okay, someone's there. No, no one the grass. So then I scan the wood line because I know something's there. I can feel this, this intense anger and fear and I'm not alone and something's mad at me. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when I see they went from mowed grass to 
wild tall grass and trees and bushes. And there in the half shadow of the trees and the bushes and in the tall grass, there is this figure standing there looking, facing me. And the grass was tall enough that it cut off at the hip waist area. And the shadows were deep enough that I could not see the left side of the body entirely. But I could see this giant, I, I referred to him as like Juggernaut. You, you've ever seen the X-Men comics? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Huge Juggernaut, comics. that yeah. hulking figure mm-hmm. shape, yeah. right? Yeah. Big body, big shoulder, big arm, big leg, like that shape. But it is really thin hair, orange hair. And I, I remember that stood out to me. Why orange? Like orangutan color orange. Hmm. Yeah. Does not make sense. I don't understand why orangutans are orange, but why orange? But that color, really thin hair, thin enough you can see the tanner skin underneath. So like juggernaut body with, I always laugh when I get this detail, Donkey Kong color. You know, in that the kind of the chest area you could see was a little more clear. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you combine those two characters together, so I see the full arm. I can see the shoulder. I can see half the chest, maybe a little less than half, just the hint of a face, just the hint of an eye and a mouth, and then the body. But you really can't see the waist and down because the grass and he is standing there looking right at me. Right. And I get the feeling that he is showing me just enough deliberately for me to know he is there. He is looking at me and he is mad. Yeah. That I'm there. He is. I got the gist and I don't know about if it was the, uh, whatever they call it, the sound that they can make that infrasound or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But he was projecting to me, this area used to be more wooded, mm-hmm. but now there's buildings coming in. And he's pissed that humans are putting these buildings here, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at him, and I'm getting that feeling. And I instantly think to myself, crap, I don't want to look this thing in the eye. Because mm-hmm. that will just make it more mad. So I lowered my vision, right? And I just got the sensation he's mad at me. And I, I said out loud... I'm sorry you're mad. I didn't do this. I didn't put this building here. I didn't remove your woods. Just let me do this one thing I have to do here. Put this thing, and I gestured to my trunk where the stuff was, and then I gestured to the loading dock. Oh, you still have to unload yet? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Let me me do this one thing, and I'll leave. I'll leave you alone, and you won't see me again. So... I very slowly, still facing the way, go to my trunk, open it, get the handful of stuff that I needed to take, walk the other way, still facing him, <laughs> over to the loading dock. But then I had to turn away from him <laughs> to do that. Mm. So I turn, and I quickly put the stuff down, and I quickly turn back. Head is still down, but I can still see the vague idea that he's still there, right? And I... I risk looking up again fully and he hasn't moved except that he's crossed his arms. So I can see the other arm now. Wow. And I get back in the car 
And I'm like, as I'm getting back in the car, I say, okay, I'm going. I got in the car and I just very slowly drove out of there and I left. And the moment I got on the other side of the building, that sensation started to fade. I never saw it move at all. I just know when I looked back, the arms were crossed. Right. Yeah. So, so it had moved. You just didn't see, see it move. Yeah. What but time of year was this? Time, during that time that I had to turn my back, mm-hmm. Tim, I didn't hear nothing, but I got the full sensation that it came right up on me. Like freaked me out. But I turned that. I spun around expecting to find him five feet away. Oh, wow. But he was still right there. Wow. He was still in his original spot. What time of year was this? Summer. Summer. And what time of day? Four or five okay. in the afternoon. So plenty of light in the summer to still, oh, yeah. you still see by yet. Yeah, wow. People could have seen it. I mean, you go around the other side of the building, and there's a highway. There are cars on the highway. Mm-hmm. I have driven on the highway, been able to glance over and see the woods that it was at. In fact, many times I've driven by that spot on the highway and glanced over and thought to myself, are you still there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'd never be able to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, years later is sadly now gone. That woods has just been completely cleared. There are new office buildings. Mm-hmm. There is still woods farther back. But that section of woods for probably half a mile is just completely removed. Yeah. And they're, they're encroaching more into the other woods, pushing. I think there's like a neighborhood going in. They've put a grocery store, oh. drip mall, all that stuff. It's just being slowly eradicated. Yeah. But yeah, just that. Oh. Could you estimate a height? Eight to ten. That's. I would guess. It's, it, you know, I'm imagining like even say like normal human height, like something at, at six foot with those proportions would be terrifying, right? So oh. like the juggernaut type proportions. When you expand it upward, <laughs> that it just becomes like completely frightening. Like that's completely like intimidating. Yeah. And I, I try my best to remember the face. And I really can't. I vaguely remember the hint of an eye, but like really in shadow Mm -hmm. maybe the edge of a mouth but that's about the best i can give detail for like face wise but that arm and that broad chest is holy crap if that thing wanted to wreck me it could have yeah you wonder if it wasn't like okay i'm i'm gonna step out of the shadows just just enough to show you oh it wanted me to see it yeah i stood out of the car and i felt that and i'm just like holy crap what is that what is pissed at me and why wow yeah if I want to rip your arms off, I can just to let you know. Oh, the, the fact that I thought it had cleared that distance in seconds mm-hmm. and the fact that I know it could have. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it's like at that something that big, like get in your car, which will make short work of your car, too. Yeah. I mean, the moment I got back in the car, I felt better. And the, the farther I got distance from it, like I said, the sensation started to fade. Yeah, yeah. Probably about five minutes after I left, I was back to normal, didn't feel it. But like, oh, if I, <laughs> I would say if I ever felt that feeling again, I'd get freaked out. But I actually have a minor follow-up to that oh, story. Really? Oh, interesting. So years later, 
when they were still pushing the woods back, but not completely gone, there was a strip that, that exact spot still existed for a couple of years, even though they were putting buildings around it. Mm-hmm. It was just a thin stretch of woods. Like nothing could hide in there. Right. And like I said, they put a strip mall in <laughs> and in the strip mall, they had a uh, Jimmy John's, you know, sandwich shop yeah. for the drive through. And I had my son who was, little at the time of this like he, you know with the first encounter didn't even have a kid yet so this is a couple of years later and we're in the drive-through and i have my window down and my son is just old enough that he learned how to open his window mm-hmm. right and we're waiting for our turn to get to the they get our food and my son just being a kid lowered the window leaned his head out the window and made this yelp like playful, he's just goofing around, right? And the moment he made that sound, that anger feeling I got from it the first time just flared back up. Oh wow! And I remember I'm like I panicked, looked around, and I was like, "There's nothing but buildings around me." I'm, I'm we're probably sitting a block away from that wood area. Mm-hmm. Like there's cars, there's buildings, there are no trees near me. I'm checking the mirrors, I'm looking around, it's like nothing. But I put the windows back up. My son was mad at me that I put the windows <laughs> up and wanted down. The moment I closed the windows, the feeling vanished. Huh. But I'm just like, oh, you're still here. Yeah. And my son triggered your anger for some reason. Oh, crap. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't see him. But so, like, you talk about the belief that they are interdimensional, that they can shift, right? I don't think he needed all of that land to exist there. Mm-hmm. I think he could just be there if he wanted. Yeah. So yeah. my son did that for some reason. He was like, oh, you're back. Oh, okay. I thought you were leaving. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, two of the most active places we go, Gazoo's and Site 7, are not super isolated. I mean, there's woods there, but they're, it's not yeah. like wilderness. It's We're talking... Tens of acres, not hundreds. It's weird. It makes no sense mm-hmm. why he was there. It made no sense why that sensation came back years later in a now industrialized area. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a strip mall now. You know, there was a grocery store directly behind us. There was a gas station, you know, now off to the side of us. Right. Right. So why did that come back? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I remember you, and uh... yeah, like I remember just like, in my head, just being like, "Sorry, sorry, sorry, sorry." Closing windows. Sorry, sorry. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then I mean, of course, with your kid there, it becomes more. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, even scarier. It's, it's things are way more scary if, if you know somebody you care about is around. One of the reasons I people, you know, it's like, hey, take Allison to Site Seven. It's like, yeah, I will, but. Like, it's it's just different because you feel different. Like, when somebody's there, like, I don't know, I don't have to protect Chad. You know, we've got each other's back. But if I'm I'm there with with Alice, I feel like, in a way, I have to protect her a bit. And things get really weird. It's going to be worse, I think. Yeah, I I can get that. Like, I'm I'm happy my wife doesn't have, I never encountered anything like that. She has her own weird encounters that she's experienced before, but nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I don't know if you have any questions about that or anything. I know that's your kind of bread and butter. Oh, I mean, I just, you know, I just love it. And if I hadn't already written Where the Footprints End, that would go in there, certainly. It's a very Where the Footprints End story, which, you know, I, I love those things. Can I say it was definitely the same thing when you came back to say, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. But I'm just thrilled. Like, a lot of times people will get these feelings and they'll get these you know, sort of class B stuff. Well, I heard something, I got screamed at, but no, I didn't see anything. But for you to get the feeling and then look up and then and then see something, it's something that yeah. massive is, uh, that's just a super cool encounter. I mean, I, I know it wasn't probably a good feeling being scared. <laughs> but no. but no. You know, for, for, for me from here, I'm going, oh, that is so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Looking back at it now, I can say still with a mixture of complete freak out dread. I can also appreciate the fact that I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, not a lot of people get to like, I've seen things kind of move and seen this and that and thought I saw something, you know, but I've never had any like real confirmation, like where I was a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I saw something and that was it. So in that sense, you're lucky. You know, a lot of people are out there for years and never get to see anything, any visual confirmation at all. I'm lucky that he chose not to do anything besides. Yeah, yeah, because there's been some really scary stories on Sasquatch Chronicles that kind of start the way yours does and then kind of go south from there. Yeah, well, I was also lucky that I could leave quick. Yeah, yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. So that that's my seeing hit one story. Since listening to you, you've had other guests on who have gone looking. And one of them, Luke, who you had on a couple of years ago, he goes looking in uh, southern Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so I heard his story on your show and reached out to him. And we've actually met up in person and we've talked and we've gone down to southern indiana i think three times now oh cool over a couple of year period and then you had another guest brian who also southern indiana you had on the show and we've met up with him last year and we went together and yeah they've shown me where they've had encounters and we've gone out and we've had more encounters since then because we go down to places where people say they've had activity Mm mm-hmm but they stay on the road. They stay on the trails and we go off the trail. Mm-hmm. And most of our encounters have been finding those wood structures. Okay. Yeah. But, and I know you've talked about it. You've seen them. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you some... go what 20, 30 feet off the trail sometimes. And you yeah. see a thing. Heck, oh, yeah. Sometimes if you know, what you're looking for, you see them on the trail. 
mm-hmm. just you know a branch broken the right way that seems to point. You follow that and you find little thing that leads to bigger thing to well, what is this doing out in the woods? And mm-hmm. I've told, I've talked to a few people about it and there have been some doubters who are like, oh, hunters build those things. And I'm like, yeah, but that would require a crane. Yes. That, that, was, that was a solid tree upside down mm-hmm. wedged into two other trees that happen to be there. Nature doesn't do that, at least not easily. Yeah. 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 And then you have one, then you look 10 yards away. Oh, there's another. And then you go down the hill a little bit. Oh, there's another. Just a little different. Mm-hmm. What? I, I mean, every time I've gone out with them, at least once, I will say out loud, why? Something's out here doing this. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing it? Yeah, I, I'm perplexed. Yeah, and I get told often, all of their bushcraft shelters, well, they're poor shelters. They're they're not. They're open to the sky. They're not sheltering much of anything. Oh, they're they're hunting blinds. Again, yeah. don't really seem to be super useful for that purpose. Uh, every now and then, you'll find one maybe that it would just you could use to sort of just break up, you know, your shape. Mm-hmm. But in general, I don't really think that's what they are. I don't know what they are, but they seem to be constructed, especially the ones that I don't know if you've come across them, the ones that seem to be like kind of woven together. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are weird. And the weird the thing that gets me the most, you find the big ones that are woven. Mm-hmm. And if you look around and pay attention, they are little ones. Yes. Yep. A, so you had the big guy here making big structure, but then you had little guy practicing maybe yeah i've definitely come across the same thing where it's yeah. like it, and they're constructed very similarly yes but it's like like a practice run yeah yeah or something i yeah I, or, i'm um, absolutely fascinated by them and have very few answers i have theories but very few answers yeah and um the last time we went out we would find these structures and then we would find a tree nearby that had what we refer we we started calling them the walking stick po- post. It would be four or five branches of walking stick quality leaned up together against a tree mm-hmm. near the structures. Mm-hmm. And we would find big sticks together. And then one time Brian found one that was a bunch of little ones together. Hmm. And we just started calling them the walking sticks. That's interesting. Yes, I've seen that and the ones where it looks like there's a bunch of sticks of a variety of sizes that they're just mm-hmm. kind of laying out like that, like the across another stick, you know, just laying. It's like, what is this? It's, and oh, again, yeah. this isn't a, a lean-to. These are just sticks that are just leaning there. Or the arrangement of logs laying on top of each other on the ground that makes shapes. I haven't run into too many of those. I've seen people send me photos of those, but personally, I haven't run into too many of those. Are these big? We find them all over when we go looking. They'll just be on the ground. You'll have a, you know, a triangle here, square here, a, you know, a here, x, whatever. Mm -hmm. Just you'll find one, and then there'll be another one, and another one, and sometimes they'll intermingle with each other. Hmm. And those are weird. My friend Luke, the one that got me into it. 
he theorizes, he doesn't understand why the shapes are there, but he theorizes they're connected because that's what they're using to easily travel. Because if they connect to each other, they can just run and jump from one to the next to the next to the next. Okay, so these are pretty big. These are pretty substantial in size. Yeah, like logs. Okay. All right. Huh. Yeah, and like he pointed out to me last time we were out there last year, and I looked at it, and I was like, holy crap, you're right. They're just in these big – because once you get way under the woods, the bush kind of dies down. It's just more open. Yeah. And you'll see them, and they, they're – Yeah. If they were running, they could easily jump from that two feet there, that one, you know, that goes another 30 feet and then two feet to the next one and on. And then intermingled are these structures. So we've gone out there a couple of times and occasionally we'll hear something. Like one time we stumbled upon a bunch of these little woven structures you were, like you were talking about. And then we found a huge pile of branches just laid out right like condensely laid out and we were looking at like what is this and we came to the theory is this a nest so we're kind of standing there looking at it and maybe 30 40 yards away the woods ended and it was really tall wild grass like i could stand in it and vanish but Mm -hmm. you know and something out there moved the grass and we heard this weird, I don't know how to describe the sound, noise of something out there, animal, right? But it was almost like a language, but it was a very quick shake of the grass and noise. And we were like, um, don't know what that is. We're going to back up type encounter. So we've had that. The last time we went last year, when we found all the logs that looked like paths, we were investigating it. And we started hearing not loud knocks on the trees, but we were hearing more like a tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Yeah. And we would hear it in front of us. And then we would hear to the left, tap, tap, tap. And then off to the right, tap, tap, tap. And we're standing there just trying to figure out where is it? Because it's decently open, but it's hilly. So there's little crevices they could be down in or whatever. And we stood there for probably 20 minutes as we realized the tappings are moving. And then at one point, Luke got freaked out because he realized, oh, one of the tapping sounds is now behind us. Mm-hmm. And so we, but we would every once in a while progress a little bit forward. And when we did that, the tapping would move along as well ahead of us. Like mm-hmm. whatever it was, was just staying out of sight. Mm-hmm. And I remember we probably did that for like 20 minutes, progress a little, stop, hear the tapping, try and figure out where they are, move a little more. And then out of nowhere, off to our right and down the hill, this crow just starts going nuts, like calling like there's no tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. And he does that for a couple of minutes and all the tapping stops. And we move forward and we can hear the crow moving along off in the distance. The location of the crow has changed as we moved. Still freaking out. Like, no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But no more tapping. And that went on for a couple minutes. And then they finally stopped. And then all the tapping stopped. And the complete vibe we had in that area just gone. And we pushed forward a little more down a hill and up the next hill. And then all the structures were gone for pretty much. And we never encountered anything else the rest of the day. Yeah. But wherever we went that day, and we walked into something that was their area, and they were 
not happy we were there or they were very curious we were there. I'm not sure, but they were very much aware and very much around us. Yeah. That I think people talk about wood knocks and because of Mm -hmm. finding Bigfoot and everything, people were thinking these massive, you know, baseball bat smacks against trees or whatever. And, and, you know, I, I do believe I heard that at pandemonium, but more often I think you get those, those tapping kind of sounds. Yeah, it's like a, a knuckle almost on the wood. Yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know how they're doing it, but yeah, it sounds like it's like a tapping. And yeah. I'm thinking of that day Octavian and I were at Gazoo's, and it, it literally walked with us all day long. I mean, we were there for hours, and it was always that tapping was, was with us, just out of sight everywhere we went. <laughs> that was weird. That was the same day that we found a log up in a tree. Like a pretty substantial log, like we would have trouble lifting it. Mm-hmm. Kind of balanced Just, up there. Yeah, in the branches. Yeah. I don't remember if we took pictures or not of it, but I remember that was the moment where I just stopped and I looked around in the empty woods with my two friends and I just like said out loud, I'm like, why? <laughs> why did you do this? <laughs> this makes nature doesn't do that. Right. Yeah. No animal would bother to do it. Yeah, upside down trees, these other trees or logs or whatever balanced in like weird precarious ways on yeah. trees and these things that are woven together again off trail. This isn't I've run into stuff that kids have built, you know, kids have tried to build teepees and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've seen those before too. We have a couple of local wooded areas that people go in and you'll see them. Yeah. You know, Boy Scouts did a thing for it. And you can kick them down pretty easily, most of them. Mm-hmm. These things that are woven together have structure. They're built. They're like, you have to, like, if you wanted to tear them apart, you could, but you'd have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, they're really interesting. And, and they're, at least as far as I can tell, they're kind of built, there's different materials each time and they're different sizes. So they're not exactly the same, but they seem to be woven together in very similar ways, the ones I see. It's like they they have a whatever is making these, and I've never seen anyone or anything make it, so I can't say. Whatever is making them is using similar techniques, you know, in different areas. Yeah, it's just like I said, way out in the woods, you would some of them you would need a crane to Mm -hmm. pick up a log, and it's like no one's taking a crane out here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was kind of um, on the fence about these stick structures and stuff until the it was the first time I ever hiked alone in Michaud. And I was going up the side of a mountain and I saw there was two of them right there. And I'm yeah. looking at these things. I'm like, it, it was a one like you're talking about. It had like basically a tree balanced in another tree mm-hmm. with the, it was just, and it was done in such a way that like you would need ladders and like several men. And I'm yeah. just like thinking like no one is bringing a work crew up here to make a dumb tree structure on the side of a mountain. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's not happening. And there's no way this was natural. Like there was just. Yeah. Like maybe nature did that, but that's a really far fetched one in a million. Maybe thing nature did one, but to have two yeah. right next to each yeah. other that are yeah. pretty much exactly the same. And like, what? Like, no, something made a, and then they made B to match a or vice versa. And yeah, it's just there. And that's what really convinced me when I was there that day. I look, I was looking at him like, no, this isn't, this didn't just fall this way. 
And, that's- and then you, you stop and you look around and you realize whatever yards away, there is a perfectly healthy tree that has been bent at a 90 degree angle mm-hmm. pointing at the thing you just found. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then yeah. you, you look a little bit further, there's another one pointing that way. And you're just like, okay, so you've left landmarks to find this thing. That's even creepier just that yeah yeah they're leaving markers for each other it's yeah just, I, I mean I, again i have theories but I, no proof you know oh yeah yeah it's just that it's just you kind of look at it and you're just what <laughs> but i i know also when we go into these areas that's where we'll start to get stuff sometimes like we'll start mm-hmm. to hear the tapping or we'll start to hear other weird calls and the uh the owls will start going off in the middle of the day and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I've not heard the owl. I try and listen for the now. We have heard the blue jay going off mm. right before activity happens. Interesting. That's happened a couple of times now. I actually just this earlier this year, I was in a place in uh, Southeastern Indiana out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I was, going to meet a customer. We, we work a lot with my job does a lot of construction and works with house flippers. And mm-hmm. I was supposed to be meeting a gentleman that was going to be flipping this old home way out in the middle of nowhere up on top of this hill. And I, I get there and it's steep old hill and you get to the top and right as you get to the top of the hill, there's a private cemetery with a wrought iron fence around it. So mm-hmm. that was the first indicator. This place is weird. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go around a bend to get to the house, which was like a log cabin that had been retrofitted and added onto and retrofitted and added onto multiple times. And of course he's not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, you know, waited for a while and he never showed up. And he finally just was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll find, I'll come to you later. Oh, okay. Well, but whatever. And I turned to leave. And just as I turned to get back in my vehicle to leave, because I had gotten out just curiosity looking at the house because I, I love architecture. I love to see old homes and, you know, try and stand on the outside and figure out how did this connect to this, how, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There was a beautiful old that was needing a facelift. So thank goodness the guy's there. And as I'm turning to get back in my car, I hear a blue jay go off. And this is right as winter is ending. So blue jays are just coming back. And the atmosphere went from normal, slightly cloudy day to kind of that feeling of this place had gotten a little weird. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just enough for the hair to go up on the back of you know, your arms and everything. And I look around. I don't see anything. So I get back in my vehicle and I go to leave. And I go back down that bend to the hill and the graveyard. And as I get there, and there's been no one else around the whole time. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. There is a dead cat in the middle of the road. I am almost 100% sure it wasn't there when I pulled in. I am almost 100% sure I didn't hit the cat. Mm-hmm. I think I would know if I hit the cat. But there's a dead cat in the middle of the road. <laughs> I mean, one, sad, because dead cat. Yeah. But two, freaked out, because dead cat next to cemetery yeah i think i think this is a patron episode so i don't think i ever talked about it on the main show i was in hex hollow one day last year i hadn't been there for a long time i was hiking by myself and i heard wood knocks 
it's weird. I was in this one place where I'd found like rocks shoved into like the the Y, you know, sort of the crotch of these trees before. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I and I went to see if they were still there, and I I came by and they weren't, and I thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna replace them. I'm gonna put them back in because I remembered which tree it was, and I put one of these rocks back, and as soon as I did, I heard a wood knock. Now this True. was a louder, like a you know, like a clack, real loud. Yeah. So I turned the recorder on and I'm just, I always have the recorder with me for capturing weird sounds and mm -hmm. never know when I get to make a little bit of content. So I'm talking to the recorder. I'm like, wow, you know, patrons, I don't, I knew it was going to be a patron thing. I was like, I don't know if I called it or not, but there was a wood knock. As I'm talking, you could hear another one, which I did catch. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this is really weird. And I'm going to kind of make my way out of here. I don't want to go back in the direction the knocks were. I'm going mm -hmm. to head out the other way. And I'm going down the path, and right there, maybe uh, 20 yards later, there's a dead cat right in the middle of the path. <sighs> and yeah, it was so disturbing. And I'm like, now, do I step over the dead cat, or do I walk back towards the knocks? I, eventually, I just decided to you know, walk around the cat. But yeah, I took photos of it. It did not... It didn't look old. It didn't look injured in any way. I could find no wounds on it. It was not a coyote kill, as far as I could tell, because uh, they would definitely eat it. Yeah, or be a lot more messy. Yeah, yeah. It was just like it keeled over right in the middle of the path, right there. It yes, odd. It was really weird, and you know, to put it with the wood knocks, it really it shook me. It really shook me that day. Oh, I bet. Just by yourself out in the woods, hearing that. Oh. Yeah. Something is there with you and you can't see it and you don't know what it wants. Yeah. Yeah. And then just the, the you know, my history with that place isn't <laughs> the, the best anyway. And then just to have this dead cat, I'm just like, really? Is this what we're doing today? Like, <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, no. Yeah. I get that. Like, I think mine, I didn't get out and look at it. I just kind of angled the wheels so they would go on both sides of it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, yeah it's time don't to leave. I don't know now. why this is here. Don't know what you guys want, but I'm I'm a going. Yeah. I think that once again may have just said it out loud. It's like, yep, I'm leaving. Bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't always want to ascribe like negativeness to it, but I, it's almost like it doesn't understand like human emotions I, I'm saying it, I just mean generally like the other, whatever these things are that are interacting with us. I don't know. Yes. It's like, they don't understand our emotional language and the idea that there would be for, in my oh, case, yeah. like it's, it's, it's seeing me pick up skulls and like dancing happy. And then it's like, well, why doesn't he want the dead cat? You know what I mean? It's like the, <laughs> the like the, that it just doesn't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't get why the, there that would be an issue. For us, like, and again, this is just me placing thoughts and feelings on something that, that I don't know if that's what's happening or not. But that's the feeling I get. Like, it wasn't necessarily like, I'm going to spook you out and scare you by putting a dead cat here. It was more like, don't you want this? And then it's, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, like a pet cat when it brings the, the dead mouse, you know, it's like, oh, gross, you know, not going to clean up a dead mouse. But the cat thinks it's done a great thing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly it's like well look what i brought you it's almost had that kind of feeling like don't you want this and like nah i don't want that but yeah it's just uh the whole encounter just the fact that i heard the blue jay and i've heard him enough times that my brain was just like wait 
That was a blue jay. Yeah, Boy, I, 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 changing. I wonder What's if there the aren't different, again, different symbols and languages the other uses for different people. Like for Chad, Chad is very much cardinal. He's always like, for him, it's cardinals mean something. They're yeah. they're, they're a symbol of something. I love cardinals, but for me, they're not. They're just cardinals. You know, I mean, for me, it's it's more crows and owls. But yeah, I wonder if like it, it doesn't use these symbols to sort of speak to us and. If it's just like, oh, this guy recognizes that, so this is what this is what we'll use to communicate with him. I don't know. Again, it's just just a theory. Yeah, I don't I don't get it, but yeah, I've, I've had lots of weird encounters while out and about, and I don't know how much time we have left to go into all that. But I did want to bring up one other thing, at least tonight. Sure. I'm not a big subscriber to the idea that every dream means something, Mm -hmm. but I I don't dream a lot, but I've heard other people on your show bring up dreams. And there was a woman you had on a while ago and she talked about a dream, a reoccurring dream she had as a child where she lived out in the country In her dream, there was a gentleman in a truck wearing a hood that she tried to avoid. I I forget all the details she used, but that snapped a memory from my childhood dreams into my, you know, that I'd forgotten. And I'd forgotten that I'd had a reoccurring dream of my suburban neighborhood where I would be always on the road jogging. And I would always have at least two other people that I knew, family or friend with me. And we're in my neighborhood broad daylight of trying to evade a thing. And most times I would go the entire dream not seeing it. But a couple of times we would catch glimpses of a man in an old time, old timey, like silver truck, like a pickup truck. You know, the kind that they would use like deliveries that had the uh, enclosed back trunk. Mm -hmm. Driving that hanging his head and arm out the window while he drove and wearing a black hooded cloak. And she described that character in her dream. And my brain was just like, Oh, Oh, I know that guy. Oh, wow. Like I had forgotten it until she described him. And like a part of my subconscious was like, Oh, we know this guy. Hmm. We dreamt of him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was driving. (laughs) I listen to your show usually while I'm on the road and it gave me chills on the road. I'm just like, oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, that some of these characters are popping up in in people's dreams, unconnected. It seems. Yeah, but uh, I, we haven't had one in a while. But for a while, we were getting that run of those people that they had like a, they call them the I call them the nightmare creature. I don't know. They said he kind of looked like Green Goblin from Spider Man, but with like yellow skin, real sickly, <laughs> real sickly looking thing. And once I had the one guy was on his telling a story and suddenly like two or three other people were like yeah i dream about that thing oh that's creepy yeah, yeah like people talk of like a reoccurring like the hat man or whatever they'll mm-hmm. see at night mm-hmm. it's like oh that's it's just weird i mean i get people you know some people will probably hear stories and get influenced to see them themselves but i believe most of them are probably genuinely encountering yeah because similar thing these are people that are that are writing in and are shocked. They're like, I can't believe someone else has seen this. You know, like, yeah. Like this. Yeah. I, you know, this, I've dreamed about this for blank, however many years. So yeah, I, I believe it's, 
if it's not the same thing, it's something on the order of Flannel Man, where there's a people are seeing similar things that are have the same characteristics. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the Flannel Man is. I've never in my memory, I don't think I've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. But I believe the people who say they have. Oh yeah. And I, I believe that some of them encountered him in weird places that he should not be. Mm-hmm. That's a weird one. But yeah, so I, I had that dream memory jarred from your show from my childhood. But I've had a recurring dream that is gone for years. And I actually had, and I, I can go a while without having it. And I recently had a new one and I kind of catalog them in my head. Like I said, I don't usually put much stock in the dreams, but I have this one reoccurring different dream, but I know it's the same place. And I call it the mansion because I dream of this building. That's a nice building. Most of the time it's in a nice part of the building. And it has, this building can't exist in real life. If it exists in real life, it is one of the biggest private residences ever existence, right? <laughs> because every time I dream of it, I'm in a different part of the mansion. But I always know in my dream, I'm in the mansion. Sometimes I'm by myself. Sometimes I'm of one other person. We are usually either exploring it, just walking casually through it. Sometimes I have a task I'm doing, like turning on lights or something like that, something simple. But every time I dream of it, I know without a doubt, one, I am in the mansion. I know for a fact I am supposed to be in the mansion, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not intruding. I am supposed to be there. I know for a fact that there are other people somewhere in the building. I'm not alone in this building and that I'm not in any danger in the building. Mm-hmm. Like I am supposed to be here. The other people are supposed to be there. We are all here for some reason. But I have had dreams of grand, large hallways just completely crowded with light, like lamps and candles that I'm turning on or lighting. I have dreamt of staircases that crisscross going multiple floors. I have dreamt of simple back hallways. I once dreamt of a giant gym that was connected to it but i know they are all the same place Mm -hmm. but the last one i had was only a month ago and it was of multiple fairly large classrooms with windows on all sides facing into the hallway or facing out into the dark night i do not understand it i just like i said every time i get i dream of it i know it's the same place i know i'm supposed to be there I know I'm not alone there. Yeah. yeah. I would love to have a dream interpreter take a shot at that one. Yeah. Well, you might get some. You might get some. I, I, I would love it. I would, at this point, I have, to, I only really have told my wife about it and she has no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that I, again, I've talked about it on the <laughs> show. I, I, I have a place I go to repeatedly in a recurring dream, sort of a school that's like, mostly underground and i've talked about it before and someone contacted me like i dreamed about that place too and we started sharing started sharing details and i'm pretty sure i mean like you can say but i'm pretty sure we're describing the same place he started i was like that's that's trippy yeah i was like well what does it look like here he's like well it looks kind of like this and 
I mean, it's to the point where I know the surroundings of this place. Mm-hmm. I, I know what it looks like around it. If I ever drive by this place or get near it, I'm going to freak out. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I'm going to know where, exactly where I am, but I, it may never, not exist at all. It may be you know similar to what you're saying. But, uh, I understand that if this place actually existed and I found it, I would freak. I'd be like, "No, this this building can't, yeah, yeah, physically exist here." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the fact that you have that as like, and someone else. Oh, that's weird. That's a like exciting, but the part of your brain tells you that is completely wrong. Yeah. Well, I yeah that well, I had that guy on um. With that, who wrote that book, Nightmare Land, and he was talking about shared dreams on that. Yeah. And so I guess it happens, but it seems like such an odd thing. Like people are, because these are like lucid dreamers that were kind of meeting up in dreamland. It's like, what? Oh. Like, wow. Yeah. Is, um, like the implications of that are incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, I've had a couple of lucid dreams where I'm like halfway through and realizing I'm in a dream, you know, and you go fly for five minutes or whatever before you wake up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've never actually been able to like control that. Yeah, I can't. I'm I'm not like I I think I'm just too ready to believe anything that comes at me. I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm too credulous. So if I'm in a dream and something weird happens, I'm like, oh okay, that's you know, yeah, sure, yeah. Bigfoot should be sleeping in my sister's room. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Seems right. So yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's I I would like to. I would love to experience that, but I've just I've not not. Uh, not experienced that yet yeah have you ever had sleep paralysis i as far as i'm aware and i actually was thinking about like i know you ask people Mm -hmm. as far as i'm aware i have not Mm -hmm. i have had multiple experiences of things in my room at night that i have woken up to i have had times where i didn't move but I am fairly certain that I didn't move under my own free will. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like the mentality that if I don't move, if it doesn't know I'm awake, maybe it'll leave me alone type mm-hmm. mentality. Do you have time to tell us about a couple of these? <laughs> I could go on for a while. I The stories I've told you are of the categories that I have little encounter with. My experiences with ghosts, spirits, nature spirits, that is a multitude. I have been an experiencer my entire childhood. Okay. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Give us yep. one thing you've woken up to, and then let's schedule another talk, and we'll get into into the, the rest of your, your encounters. Fair enough. That's fair. I'm trying to think. So one of them that comes to mind, because it almost makes me laugh, but it was terrifying at the same time. I woke up one night to an entity, and you we talk all the time about the blacker than black. They're so dark that in a dark room, you can see them mm-hmm. because their outline is there. This thing, this I call I would I would define guy. So I'll call him guy. This guy was so tall that he had to hunch over that his arms were so long that his knuckles rested on the floor and everything about him was black except the eyes. The eyes were white, like glowed. Wow. And they were pretty well spaced apart. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember just waking up to him, not standing directly over me, but in the room 
a little ways down the side of my bed, like towards the end where my feet were, but kind of in that corner area of my room, just standing there, just looking at me. So I wake up to these eyes looking at me, just towering over me. And like I said, I've had enough experiences of waking up to things in my room that I used to be terrified of them. And I've gotten to a point now where I wake up to them and my, I'm like, oh, there's something else in my room. Wow. So I'll sigh and I'll very politely, and my wife knows I'll do this. She's heard me do it. I will just say out loud to them with politeness because you don't know what it is, but with a little bit of authority because you wanted to listen to you. Hey, I don't want you in my room right now. I am trying to sleep. Could you please not be here? This is my house. This is my room. This is my space. I don't care if you go outside. You can be out there all you want. But this is my area. This is my family's area. Could you please leave? And the thing stared at me for a minute. And then just very silently, no sound, very slowly, while kind of like that uh, gorilla movement where they use the knuckles to walk, mm-hmm. hunched over very slowly, just walked out my door. <laughs> and I've never seen him again. Wow. But yeah, just waking up to him and just being like, oh, I didn't move the whole time he was there. Mm-hmm. I just, I knew I could though. Yeah. Yeah. And a number of people listening would be like, well, you were dreaming, but you know, I always go on the witnesses right so you know you were awake oh very much aware that i was awake yeah and then after he left and you know i gave it a minute just to be like you're not coming back right Mm -hmm. you know i didn't part of me thought maybe i should follow him out wow make sure he left that would be interesting wow i was tempted and i have actually had a few times where there have been entities in my room that did not leave Hmm. when I politely ask them to leave and I have gotten up because I am to the point now where I've encountered these things so many times that I've gotten out of my bed and like confronted, like step towards them. Wow. Because those things don't expect you to do that. Mm-hmm. They will F the right off. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. They, they don't want to be confronted. They want to be in control. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little too much preachy talky. No, this is this is an interesting preview for for a second conversation. <laughs> I, yeah, this is good. Yeah, I, I've had times where I'm just like, look, dude, it's three in the morning. I get up in a couple hours. I want sleep. Go. And they don't go. And I'm like, fine. And I'll just get angry enough that I get up because I'm pissed because I'm tired. And it's like, get out. Huh. No step towards it. And those things will just fade into the shadow of the room. Wow. They'll back up because they aren't expecting you to. They, these things want, like I said, they want to be in control. They want you to be afraid. Mm-hmm. And if they suddenly realize, oh, I am not in control of this guy anymore. Interesting. Oh, so yeah. interesting. All right, John, we're going to get more of your stories at another time. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I, I will probably lose track if you ask me about more of those because I've had so many. Oh, I'm super interested. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll talk about that another time. Thank you for sharing your stories and we'll talk to you again. Yes, sir. Thank you.
All right, thanks for listening, everybody. There's no Curiosity of the Week this week because I went out to look for Bigfoot and got home late, so Allison went to sleep. We will be back with another Curiosity of the Week next week, but you can always check out what we have for sale at Etsy. Etsy shop name is Lost Grave, but if you go to Etsy and you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. We have Strange Familiars t-shirts, stickers, patches... We've got copies of my books. All of my books are there, including the new art book, Elzik's Farewell, the new Stonebreath CD, Greys and Orphans, which has the Strange Familiars theme on it, the full theme. I don't think it's ever been played on the show except for patrons. Plus a lot more music on there as well, rarities and unreleased things. You can get Entity Drift, the CD that is the ambient music I created for Strange Familiars, and much more. Again, our Etsy shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. Supporting us on Etsy is another way to support the show, so thanks everybody who has done that. All right, we'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Howler Arts. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. The new CD, Greys and Orphans, is there, of course, as is Entity Drift. And if you want to pick up Elzik's Farewell, the new art book, you can get that on Bandcamp as well. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. We're on Instagram, at Strange Familiars, one word, and you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. Rise on the gathering wind, 
Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.